0: Thank you. those warps make it so that you're essentially never that far away from a shop. So you always have that option, even though there aren't that many shops throughout a level, you can always somewhere where there's a shop. So that's a huge, huge ease that I think the game provides for you. And then I just had another, another point in that same direction, which is to say, once you hit every warp point on a planet. They say, you've basically explored this whole planet now. We're going to highlight every single chest now on your map, so you can go collect all the rest of the chests if you want to. Really? Yeah, and that's the kind of thing that it's like this game went out of its way to say, you know what? We're not going to be dicks to you. We're going to help you out a little bit. I
1: apparently have not found every save point in the and' on a planet yet, then what planet did you get that on uh
0: is that rosa no, the one the Le- whatever has the leo king
1: uh Juraika,
0: jeica, yeah, that's the one I'm on
1: wow i I finished that planet or I finished getting the leo King and mm. apparently missed one somewhere hmm.
0: yeah i just I just got it. It was like the last thing I saw because that was where I saved, mm-hmm. which I'm right before the boss. Okay, and and then that message popped up that said, "Congratulations, we're going to make every chest available to you now."
1: Nice on your map. That's that's nice. I I okay. So, I, I you started talking about the game and it was pretty good talking point. So I went ahead and started the recording. So hey everybody. This is episode 51.2. We're talking about Rogue Galaxy. I just asked Matt, so what do you think of the game? And he started talking about that, so. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I don't want to go through the structure that we normally go through with this game because it's so sparse. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you'll spend an hour just, just walking and then you'll get a, a, a two minute cutscene, and then you'll walk for another hour, and I'm just like, man, this is like hard to talk about because it's all just a bunch of fights. Yeah, like the the fights in and of themselves are boring, and sometimes overly difficult. It is so easy to get stun locked in this game. And yeah,
0: I've never experienced that until right before we stopped recording. There's these enemies that tend to like to circle pound me.
1: The the issue I have, and especially in that Jericho where you're going to the Leoking, um, those giants that you have to hit in the head when yeah, they surround the block, you,
0: you're fucked. Not the block ones that clap you, yeah. But the
1: other, the stone giants or whatever they're called. Yeah, those freaking things are annoying. I mean, they'll wipe out an entire party.
0: Yeah, those are the worst, the most annoying enemies in the game. I think
1: so far. Yeah. So there's a few talking points I, I do want to bring up, though, because, um, the, it, like I said, I don't want to go through like a walkthrough structure anymore on this because I feel, I feel that it would be kind of boring. But the talking points that I do want to bring up is that uh, there are a few things that develop in the story. Uh, the first one being, um, we find out a little bit more about Steve and his creator. Do- yeah that's
0: kind of interesting
1: yeah that, it's really strange so <sighs> Dr. Picaccio or however you want to call him um, let's call him Pinocchio Pinocchio Dr. Pinocchio <laughs> Geppetto is more like it because yeah. now the similarities are really crazy yeah Um. so he had a son named Mark who died Um, as a little boy. And what we find out is he has installed his son's memories into Steve, the robot. And it seems like every time, or every once in a while, whenever I go to a save point, it will say, meanwhile, and Steve puts on this headset and kind of goes into like a catatonic state and a holographic image of Mark appears in front of the doctor and he's talking to his son as if he's, you know, he's alive and well. And he's talking to him about his adventures. He's basically allowing Mark to live his life through the eyes of Steve. And it's strange. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it, it reminds me of any number of, you know, generic sci-fi movies where you install somebody's personality in a, Cyborg or a robot of any sort. Yeah. It's not from that perspective, right? You know, you know, you're not getting Mark's take on everything except, hey, I've been in here. I'm not trapped in here. This is like, I'm like Krang.
1: <laughs> so it's, it's strange. Um, but yeah, we, we get that a lot. Um,
0: but that being said, it's kind of an oddly small part of the story. Because it doesn't integrate with anything else. So it's a little weird so far that it's just, it's just, as you said, meanwhile, this is happening. Yeah. Okay, now back to the game. And mm, there's no commentary on it. There's no, no, no anything really. Yeah. I mean, I
1: I haven't been back to that lab at all. I haven't either. I didn't use it to, to create anything. But, um it's basically retelling everything that we've done. It's like a recap almost, which we get a recap every time we load up the game. Which is nice because sometimes games need a the story so far kind of thing. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's um it, that that's that's an interesting point. Um we get a little bit more uh, like so Alright, so I, I do want to bring up a few things. We originally we go to the next planet uh and we get our final um party member. Um which I should mention we do meet the captain finally and he is a very overly obese man who um I don't know, he's really he's very piratey. <laughs> that's that's the best way I can describe it. He's he acts Fact like your the- typical pirate of like you're going to listen to me and and I'm going listen to dogs yeah, yeah listen up dogs you know kind of thing um and we we come clean Jaster comes clean saying yeah I'm not really desert claw cuz they all cuz he he looks at him is like that's not desert claw I know what desert claw looks like yeah. and that's not him and he's like okay yeah I'm not desert claw but I can help you guys out and he says well to prove yourself I want you to go somewhere so the whole reason we're on this journey is to Basically, find the way to a planet called Eden. And supposedly Eden has just riches among the entire universe. Um, there's treasure. There's um, a lot of people speculate that there's a, a source of power there that could be used as you know infinite resources. Uh, a lot of people want to get there, but everybody says it's always been a myth. Nobody knows how to get there. We don't even know if it exists. The captain says, it does exist, and I know how to find it. We're going to have to go get this tablet. The tablet has on it the directions to Eden, basically.
0: Yeah, I I was picturing more of like a Ten Commandments style tablet. Yeah. Like an iPad style tablet. This is a a little bit larger.
1: Yeah. So, uh, he kind of found out, we know where the tablet is. Uh, It's we've heard rumors that they found something in the mines of another mining planet basically. And he gives Jaster the, the task of finding the tablet and bringing it into our possession. And then he will allow us to stay on with the pirate group. So we go to the mining planet and that's where we meet our final party member, which is Digo. Um, Digo is an ex military man. Um he well I shouldn't say man. Uh he's a dog. He he is a gigantic boxer that stands on, on two legs and has, you know, hands. It's really hard to describe Digo. Yeah. He's basically a humanoid dog.
0: Yeah. A human with a dog head. Yeah. Kind
1: of. Um, I like Digo a lot though. Because he seems like the only character in this game that is serious.
0: Yeah, he's got some he's got a story. He's he's seen some
1: shit. Yeah. So uh he's wasting his way at a bar, uh um Angela's Angela's bar, I think is what it's what's called. Yep. Uh and Angela he used to know when he was in the military and she runs the bar. And he's, she kind of loves him. She's in love with, with Dego. And Digo is a dog man. And, uh, Angela is an elf person. And, uh, when we go there to this planet, it's kind of ran by, like, the mafia. Uh, and I'm not meaning, you know, in a, in a, you know, kind of like a, a, a throwaway sense. I'm talking like literally there's guys in, like, suits. And Fedora's carrying, like, Thompson submachine guns. They, they look like 1930s gangsters. Space gangsters, I should say. Uh And, um... God, what was the name of the boss? Is it Drax? It's not Drax, is it?
0: Ah oh, shit. What was his name?
1: I can't remember what that guy's name is. But, um yeah he has a uh, a second in command and um, he the second in command is named Gail and Gale is basically um, another person that Digo knew back when he was in the military. Uh, they all used to be friends, but Gail decided he wanted to join the, the mafia and uh, we're in the bar trying to find information on the tablet. And, uh, we run into Digo and then Gale shows up, uh, along with his, his, you know, thugs along and this little squirrely looking guy with a mohawk who laughs all the time, really annoying little underling. Um, and he comes in and he's like, he's, he's wanting to basically put people in their place. He's like, he's going around roughing people up basically. <laughs> So uh we hire Digo to go into the mines. Um, we go into the mines to, to find the tablet. He joins up with us. And um, first we have to go get a pass in order to get into the mines. We go to a black market dealer to get the pass. When we get the pass, kind of find out something bad has happened at Angela's bar. When we get back, it's on fire. Uh, somebody has burned it down. Angela escaped and everybody was unharmed. Um, but, you know, Digo's really pissed about this. So we decided we're going to go into the mines. Uh, along the way, I should mention while we were in this town, we met up with a explorer, like an, um, archaeologist kind of guy, uh, really goofy acting guy, short with a really long nose. And he always wears those, uh, like the explorer hat.
0: Yeah. I don't know what you call that. That whole get up. He's got is like a khaki.
1: It's like a Savari.
0: Yes, yeah, Safari.
1: Um, yeah, and he's he's looking for the tablet too, but he wants to join forces with us. So he's he's always kind of like he's never in our party, but he's always kind of around and talking to us. Um, so we all go down to the mine, and um, the, I mean, like like I said, this is like hours of of walking around. Um, and we you know we get to the end of the mine. And this is where we run into Gale. Uh, Gale obviously is working for the Mafia. uh, And the Mafia has obtained the tablet. And have taken it off to uh, a buyer of sorts. Which we find out who that buyer is in a minute. But uh, Gale decides he wants to try and fight us off. And first he starts off in a mech. Like a drilling mech. Uh, beat it and then comes possibly the most annoying fight I've had in this game because Digo wants to take Gale on -on one-on-one so there's only one party member and that's Digo I spent the almost the entirety of this fight holding the guard button up you had to otherwise you're screwed
0: yeah, that gun packs a punch.
1: Yeah, so fucking Gale is like gun Gunkata over here using dual pistols, and he will just unload on you. And it, like, if you get hit by that, you're screwed because you're stunlocked to death. And then you have to do the mech fight over again. Um,
0: yeah, that was the part that annoyed me. Not the fight itself, but just the
1: going back. The,
0: yeah, the, you'd have to redo the first part of the fight.
1: Yeah, um, hang on a second. Think that kind of
0: shit's only acceptable if it's like the last fight of the game.
1: Um, yeah. So it, it's it was really annoying. You know what that that fight reminded me of? Um, that fight actually reminded me of um, in Final Fantasy VII, whenever Barrett confronts his uh, person he thought was dead, like his his old partner. God, I can't remember what that guy's name is, but it was, there was a fight with, you know, Barrett wanted to just fight him. Uh, and I remember it reminded me a lot of that fight, but we beat Gail. We don't kill him, but we beat him. Uh, and the tablet takes off. It's being, it's being hauled away by, um, an airship. So we should explain the tablet is this gigantic frigging thing. I'm talking like a football field long, um, and we're like, well, crap, they got away. Kind of find out. We know what kind of ship that was. Uh, that ship is uh, belongs to a... Um, it's a corporation, a company, uh, that's pretty much all over the entire galaxy. Uh, and, and they supply a lot of stuff, including uh, weapon manufacturing. Um, fucking for the life of me, I can't think of the name of that company. I know the villains. They're the, the villains. They're the villains. Uh, the CEO of the company is basically our main villain, and he has a secretary. Oh, for yep. Christ's sakes! What is the name of that company? I can't think of it. Yeah, but we know that we know it's the companies. Um, so uh, we decide we're going to have to you know chase after it, see where they're taking that tablet. Because we got to get a hold of it in order to read it. So, um, but then we get a few cutscenes of Diego, you know, basically going to Angela and telling her, look, I'm going to go with these pirate guys, um, but I love you. That was really strange. Um, huh. but what came after that was even stranger. Man, I, I even texted you about this because it blew my mind. Yep. So we get a scene with Gail. You know, the second in command to the Mafia. Uh, he confronts the Mafia boss. And, uh... <laughs> basically, he is there wanting to kill the boss. And he's surrounded by the boss's goons. He somehow is able to fight off all the goons and then pretty much shoot the the boss, kill him, and survives, and um, as he's walking away from that fight, um the little squirrely guy with the mohawk that was really annoying and laughed all the time, he comes up to Gale and, as he's passing him, stabs him in the chest with a fucking knife, and Gale falls over and eventually dies as he gazes up at the night sky. And they're playing, like, this sad music with, like, lyrics and shit. And I'm like, where the flying fuck did this come from? Because I I, I couldn't help but kind of, like, chuckle at it. Because I was like, this is, everything has been yay happy Star Wars. You know, yay pirates. And then all of a sudden, we're seeing this, like, I don't know. It reminded me of the ending of Layer Cake. Spoiler alert for Layer Cake if you haven't seen it. But it was just like this, like these double crosses and stuff, and like people getting Blair, shot and with, murdered with Daniel Craig, right? Yeah. But uh, it, like, I don't know. That was so weird and out of place for me with this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like they they tried to be a little bit serious, maybe with Lilica. So like, I, I kept drawing it as analogous to what they did with Lilica because. There were so many characters involved there, and everybody else kind of is irrelevant, you know even the kid you' know, you're on this quest to save this kid from being sacrificed, but you know in the end she isn't, and it's all there to like build up Lilica's character right so even though even though it ended up not being that serious, I mean, nobody really thought they were going to sacrifice a child. Right. uh, So this was definitely had more of a serious tone, but the whole time I'm like, yeah, no matter what happens here, it's all just to make me feel more for Digo. Like it's clearly there just to build him up. So I, and and I like Digo, so maybe it worked to that effect, but you're right. It was a bit, bit more intense than I expected.
1: Certainly. I don't know. I to me it felt a little bit out of place, to be honest with you. But that's just me. Um I it was entertaining. Like that was one of the most entertaining cutscenes I've seen in this game. So um but yeah, so (laughs) we have to give chase to um uh the uh the corporation's uh ship as it's carrying off the um carrying off the tablet. Come to find out they're actually going back to Rosa, which is obviously jaster's home planet the desert planet so we go back to our homecoming and we're uh we decide to kind of sneak up on them instead of just landing in, in the normal landing zones because they'll see us coming and we have to sneak through these old ruins in the desert man i got lost so much here
0: yeah I would, that was more maze like than i was expecting
1: yeah that's, uh, that, that, and like that was in chapter six. This is the beginning of chapter seven. Chapter seven is actually not that long. It's just that that one little thing of going through Rose's desert area. Um, and we we're, we get another cutscene showing uh, the the corporation's boss is like the corporation's name is that guy's name. Um, but for life me, I can't think of it. He is like this really weird, goofy looking motherfucker. He he looks like he's purple. He has pointy ears. And he's, he's large, overweight guy. It looks like he's wearing lipstick and he's like, he, he sounds like your typical bad guy, like your, your corporate slob. Um, but he has big plans trying to find Eden and he has his, he has his secretary there along with a scientist. And they're sitting there talking about this experiment that they've been working on. Uh, in fact, the warden of the prison was originally working on it. Uh, but this scientist that they've hired has perfected it. Uh, creating this super soldier. Uh, this super soldier is there. Um, and he's wearing a mask. It, he looks like a, he looks, he reminds me of Monokuma from, uh, from Dongan Cause it's, yeah. he, he, like, he, he looks like a domino. So, like, half of the face is black, half of the face is white, and, like, all the way down his clothing is, like, black and white, different colors. But he's wearing a mask, and everybody everybody keeps saying, why can't I see his face? He's like, well, we haven't perfected his face yet. So, they've genetically engineered this guy. Yeah. Um, and his name is Seed. They call him Seed. Uh, and he's supposed to be, like, this badass soldier guy. Um... But we find out uh, through this cutscene, uh, they they have brought the tablet to Rosa because that is like the resting place for it. When they put it there, it gives them clues on basically what they need to do to find their path to Eden. They need three things, uh, each having to do with the, um, it's like the, the constellations, or like the, the signs. They're constellations, right? Like Scorpio and... Libra and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's the Leo key. There's the, um, is it, is there a Libra key? There's the balances.
0: I don't remember what they call it. Isn't but. that
1: Libra? Uh, yes. Uh, there's the balance. There's the crab. I don't know what the crab is. Um, and then there's the lion, which is Leo. Um, so there's the, the scale the crab and the lion and they're like, well, we don't know what this means. Well, we'll, we'll have our engineers try and figure it out. That's all he says. Uh, and we're seeing this where, while we're hiding from them, uh, unfortunately seed the genetically engineered soldier, uh, senses us or sees us and they send him after us to which we go into a boss fight. Um, and it's one of those unwinnable boss fights. And it goes on too long because here's the thing. You can damage him, uh but it only goes down to a certain point. I noticed that because I was hitting him, and I was using a lot of health potions and stuff like that. And I was like, why is his health not going down anymore? Because um, you're supposed to lose – or not lose the fight. You're supposed to just hold out un- until time passes.
0: That's potentially the most annoying type of unwinnable fight because – if it's going to be unwinnable, make that clear from the first minute so I don't waste anything.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, like, if I'm hitting him doing no damage, okay, well, obviously there's something up with this fight. But no, I'm doing damage to him and his health bar is going down, but to a point, it just stops going down. And I'm like, well, what the fuck am I doing wrong? Um, but yeah, it, it, you get a cutscene uh, and we were able to escape. Uh, and everybody's like, I don't know what this guy was, but he was really strong and I don't know if we can beat him. But we got the three um hints basically. And come to find out, um, because we have this ragtag group of guys from all over the galaxy, they all kind of figured out what it means. Leo means you know Lilica says, Oh Leo, we've we've got a temple of the lion uh on Jrika, so we can go back there and check that place out. Um uh Jupus. He's like, oh, the city has these two big towers that's supposed to represent you know, the scales, the balance. Uh, we could go there, uh, and then the other, the the mining town uh, where D goes from. He's like, yeah, that's totally what the crab means. I don't know. I don't. I can't really remember. I'm just paraphrasing. Um, so we know our destinations basically. So that begins chapter eight, and. Out of curiosity, I looked at a fact just to see, you know, how far I was along in the game. And the first sentence of the, of the fact that I'm going by, it says, okay, chapter eight can easily take you 10 hours. I'm like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. After the last one took what, 45 minutes? Exactly.
1: Like every chapter in this game so far has taken maybe an hour and a half to two hours at the most. Yeah. And, And that's if you're exploring and all of a sudden I'm getting a chapter eight and it's 10 hours. And they're not shitting you. You have to go to every planet that, that we were required to go to, go through sometimes multiple dungeons and get this key that we need. And you have to do all three in the same chapter. So I, for some reason, I decided to go to Draika first, which is to go get the Leo key. Um, and That's Matt, funny. Is that right? Went to Jericho first as well. I went there because I was thinking, well, maybe the enemies won't be as hard because that was one of the early planets that I went to. Yeah. And boy was I wrong. Yeah. Uh, worst enemies. Yeah. Um, so we go to Jericho. We go to the temple, uh, which we weren't, weren't able to access until now. Uh, and we run into that dumb explorer again. Uh, the, uh, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but, uh, he's there looking for these, for these keys too. He heard that there was some, uh, there might be something here. So, we, he kind of like runs ahead of us constantly, even though, you know, it's dangerous here. He should be dead many times over. Yeah. Um, and so we go into the temple, and the temple is like three freaking levels. Um, and it's, and it's filled with enemies that are annoying. Luckily there is some guy on the third floor of the temple just hanging out, open up shop so I can buy more healing items. I'm so glad that those shops are there. Yeah. Cause I will, I'll be honest with you. I've grinded so much in this game that I will never require money again, ever.
0: Even if they put some some
1: weapons, some expensive weapons on sale. If they put some expensive weapons on sale, if they're over ninety thousand, then they can keep it. Because I've got <laughs> about ninety thousand space bucks, whatever you want to call them.
0: Uh, so I've been buying a ton of weapons. I have about sixty thousand. Yeah, I buy basically every weapon that's non-basic because it doesn't look like there's any. I mean. This is a game with uh, an ample backpack because you've got what each each section of what you carry holds forty items, right? Or forty different
1: items, different kinds of items. Yeah, they stack.
0: Yeah, they stack, and you can have like there's six or seven tabs, I think, right? Of forty each, uh, so. I mean, I'm on the fourth tab. I've been absolutely not selling a thing. No need to sell a thing. You can basically pick up anything you want. And then you're combining weapons anyway, so you're not really... Run you're not really This by picking up
1: extra weapons. Yeah. The uh, the one thing it did kind of get to me is that there is a cap on how many healing items you can have. Because yep. I have 40 healing potions, and if I get another one, they say, Well, you got to use this one or discard it.
0: Yeah, 30 resurrections. Yeah. And I, I feel, always I always fill up to the cap now. I, now
1: that I can yeah, do. I keep them fully stocked because going through one dungeon, you will go through them all. Yeah. Guaranteed. And I'm one of those people who So, if your part if one of your party members dies in battle or not dies but goes down in battle and you beat the battle, they don't get experience points. So before I kill that final enemy, I always res my fallen comrades to make sure they get that experience points. So we go through this dungeon. Uh, and along the way we run into basically what's going to be the boss. Um, it's this weird ghost looking woman who the mad witch or something. Yeah. They call her the mad witch, but she's like a specter of some sort who is protecting this, this key, the the Leo key, basically. And, um, she's refusing to let us get it, you know, kind of thing. And telling us to go away, or she, you're going to face the consequences, or die, and shit like that, or you'll be lost here forever. Um, and I, I mean, I make it, like, I think you stopped here.
0: Yeah, I stopped right before there. I, I spent that extra, extra hour or so grinding to get
1: up to that that earth shaker sword. Right. So I didn't start the recording on the earth shaker sword. Tell everybody that's listening what the earth shaker sword does.
0: Yeah, this was, I actually stopped and looked at a fact at I think about exactly the same point you did, which was right at the beginning of chapter eight. Um, and you're right. I think the first line is this, this level can take you 10 hours or more. And I said, Ugh. but then like a couple paragraphs under that, it says now's a good time to, potentially try to make one of the, the best swords. I don't know if it's in the game or just at this current point. Uh and I was looking at what sort of the prereq swords are because you use that that silly purple frog to to combine your swords to make better swords. And I'm looking at sort of the all the steps that you have to go through to get to this Earthshaker sword and I realized I've already got essentially every single sword on that list. So the sword I have now is like a combination of like seven other swords. Each one had to individually be maxed out, stat wise. Uh-huh. So I've been grinding up these swords, and and to me again, uh, same thing I, I felt last week. That's that is probably the key thing that makes the grinding more than just bearable. But I'm like, yes, I want to go grind so I can level the sword up, so I can combine it with a different sword and, and get an even better one. Right. Um, but basically, you have to take your my main sword. You know, you start with Desert Seeker, you have to get that up to level 2 by combining it with something, get it up to level 3 by combining it with something else, and then finally you take your Desert Seeker level 3 sword that's maxed out, combine it with the Blizzard Edge or the Blizzard Sword that's maxed out, and that gets you Earthshaker, which uh, basically does, I think, at least three times what Desert Seeker 3 was doing and uh that's just made a world of difference. I only, I only did one fight with it because I got it right before we stopped. But
1: any uh do if, you have any idea like what the attack power is, you know, like when you look at your stats? Uh yeah, it's about 700. Holy fuck. The sword I'm using now is like 290 something.
0: Yeah, the other ones I used the blizzard all the way through and I used the the desert seeker 3 all the way through and those were both in the 200s. Yeah, I think I might need to see if I can get a hold of that. And uh, I mean that that just clears these enemies out. And and to go back to, there, there's a lot of things that I, I really like about this game. But one of them is, you know, earlier in the game, when we got Desert Wind, I had that feeling like, yeah, this is nice and easy. I don't even have to fight anybody anymore. But on the other hand, I don't get to fight anybody anymore. Yeah. All I do is... Walk in, hit Desert Wind, and then it's, you know, it's round over. But I like the fact that the game doesn't, you know, the game is constantly changing in that respect because, uh, you know, I'm at that point, I'm just spamming Desert Wind, every fight's taking five seconds, but then all of a sudden they throw in enemies, and now we've got multiple types of enemies that Desert Wind doesn't even really hurt at all. And then on top of that, it's not very long before you're out of the range where even the ones that can be hurt, they're not dying in, in one hit from desert wind. So even when we're at a point where like, ah, maybe, maybe the game is, is a tiny bit broken here. No, it's just a, just a passing stone. You get, you got lucky there for half hour, an hour, two hours, however long it was where you had desert wind and it was so dominant. But then, you know, things just change and a couple hours later, you're playing the game a bit differently. And uh to me that, that goes a long way because there's so many fights that we have to do, there's so much grinding in this game, there's so many dungeons and all these random battles that you know, if, if they had fallen into that sort of a trap where yeah, you've got this one way down that you've beaten everybody, it, you know, it just wouldn't it wouldn't hold up for, for more than a couple hours, which uh luckily it didn't have to.
1: Yeah. Sounds like I'm gonna have to do that. I may, I may attempt that. Unfortunately, I'm I'm in the middle of a dungeon right now. So, um, I'll have to take a look.
0: The other thing that I mentioned, you can warp in and out anytime. So I think that's fantastic.
1: That's true. So I may just warp out and then spend an hour trying to figure out if I got those swords or not. I know I got the, the, the starter sword to level two, but I don't know if I have it anymore or not.
0: Uh. Yeah, I'm not sure what you had to
1: combine that one with. Or if you can... If you Did you sell it or what? No, I don't sell anything, but I combined it. I may have combined it with something. Oh, God. I'll have to look and see. But um,
0: I'll bet that there's a, a nice... Well, I'm sure that there's a weapon shop somewhere that you can rebuy, at least the beginning one. Which, that's one strain. I don't feel like... The speed with which the swords level up depends on the level of the sword. I kind of thought if I used a shitty sword on really hard enemies, since it did so little damage, that it would level up way faster, but I don't think it does. I don't
1: think it does either. I think it's just however many fights you use it with.
0: Yeah. Which means that if you're going to use a shitty sword, I think you almost have to go back to a shitty area. Yeah. Like a real shitty sword, because you're, you're going to do so little damage that you know it's, it's going to be hard hard to win those fights in a in a timely enough manner to make it worth grinding
1: at the harder levels. Right. So I beat this, um, dungeon and I got, I got the, uh, Leo key. And then I moved on to the Libra, the one with it. It's on the, um, you know, the, the highly technological planet. Is that Vadan? V- what, what, what planet is that? Vadan, I think is what it's called. Or Vadan is actually the, um, the mining planet, isn't it? I can't remember what the name of it is. Um, it's the one where we got Jupus. Yeah. Um, there is one other thing I have to bring up and it's weird. <laughs> so you remember I mentioned, uh, there was a woman and child looking for the woman's husband. Basically we found, we saw her in the town. Then we see her. Other places as well. She was in the mine, she was on the mining plant looking for him, and then all of a sudden she's in this fucking temple looking for her husband. Yeah. And I'm like, Why is she there? How is she there? Yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, I was like, What the fuck is this meaning? I was like, Is this, is this like, uh, originally I was thinking, Is this some kind of like ghost or something that people are seeing or something? Because I remember Simon was got really nervous whenever he ran into her the first time. And I was like, that's weird. I think Simon knows these people. But then all of a sudden, they're showing up in pretty much every weird place you can imagine, like in the middle of a dungeon. And I'm like, what the fuck is a woman and child doing here looking for her husband?
0: Yeah, where there's clearly like a billion monsters because there's a, there's a random fight every four seconds.
1: Yeah. And I was just like, there's something up with this, but I don't know what. Originally I thought that they were like ghosts or spirits or something. But I don't know. Uh and then the other thing I wanted to ask you is like who so now after chapter 6 we we had designated party members. Now we can just pick and choose who we want to bring into battle with us. Who you got? So basically who's
0: in my party now is who I assume is essentially the strongest and the most magical. Okay. So I have Digo and I have Kasala. Okay. The other person that I'm really taking care of when it comes to the the abilities and unlocking the abilities is Lilica. So she's basically my backup. Okay. If for some reason I lose one or... One of them is just ineffective in any particular dungeon or area. I'll sub them. I'll sub Lilica in for them. That that that's my plan. I'd want to focus on a few characters so that I can keep them as high up the tech tree, you know, for their unlocks as I can possibly get, as opposed to spending all my rare items spread out amongst all of the characters. I really want to max out these these four. Gotcha. I'll, I'll, I don't know if that strategy will work, but that's my plan.
1: Well, mine is Lilica. And the one that I thought would never be on my party. Jupus. Jupus <laughs> can be a badass. Yeah? Yeah, he has an ability called Crashing Ball, I think is what it's called. Which buffs his ranged attacks. Mm. Holy shit, dude. He can wreck guys when he uses that and then uses his range attacks. That's and a good
0: point. I don't have anybody ranged in my my main
1: party. And he he does a lot of range. So the, unfortunately, like in the last dun- like that dungeon, the Leo dungeon, it seems like I'm always surrounded by guys because it, it's so close quarters. Yeah. Um and he can he doesn't have that good of defense, I don't think. But I got him a nice spear. Um, that's like 280 something damage Um, and he's not bad I actually decided I'm going to have him on my party even though I find him fucking annoying as shit (laughs) but Lilica is a must have for me because she has the voodoo dance which will lower the defense of enemies as well as the, the god war cry or the war god cry which buffs everybody's attack power I use those back to back every fight.
0: Yeah. I know yeah. He has a bone shield, which in a, in a similar fashion buffs everybody, but it buffs their defense.
1: Yeah. But, uh, and, uh, Jupus actually has a, uh, a buff for attack power as well. It's called, uh, something aroma. It's where basically, you know, you get the little cutscene of them activating their ability. It's him sitting down at a table dr- sniffing coffee. <laughs> I think it's called arousing aroma. Or something like is this that. the way it's in those animations off? By the way, uh, you can, sk- I, you can seen, skip them.
0: I've seen it. Well, yeah, but you got to wait for it to load up. It's not a lot of time, but when you know when there's a fight every four seconds, yeah. it, it ends up.
1: I don't know. You'd, you'd have to look at the um, you'd have to options. look at the the options and stuff. I'm, there may be. I don't know.
0: I, I think I've seen enough. I don't really want to see them anymore.
1: Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, it's is uh, surprisingly pretty good in fact i looked at a fact i just i just google searched best party for rogue galaxy and pretty much everybody kind of agreed the ones that i looked at they're like every party member is viable in this game you know it's always play as jaster keep your party members alive but don't put too much faith in them yeah um but pretty much every party member can can do good stuff so it's it's one of those things where just kind of pick your flavor. Yeah, um, I was having a tough time with Kasala just
0: being essentially useless.
1: Her but abilities I don't
0: think are that great. Yeah, I don't they seem like they would be good. You know, she's got some aggressive ones like a dagger attack. She's got a number of buffs, I think. The other the other cool thing I like is that when you set them to just do their own thing, you can actually go in and choose which abilities you don't want them to use. Because one thing that was annoying me a little bit was that they would keep asking me to basically approve their abilities. Like, hey, I want to use this one. Yes or no? And I would just be like, no, that's stupid. Stop even asking me. Uh, basically, it was Digo has one where uh, after he uses the ability thrown items do twice as much damage but nobody's really throwing items so I'm like stop asking me to do that because the answer is always no I don't want you to be throwing items use that gigantic sword that I spent somewhere the axe battle axe that I spent so much money equipping you with why don't you use that instead of picking up rocks yeah so uh yeah so I like the fact that I can go in and just cross that one right off the list so he doesn't ever ask me again any again anymore I thought that was kind of cool hmm
1: Kinda of like Dragon Age's, um, like whole setup. Yeah, which you know, going back to that, I was thinking about that the other day. Um, talking about Dragon Age, the customization of that game's insane. It was it's so crazy how you can give like tactics to your to your teammates. Where like, all right, if I have less than forty percent health, automatically use a health potion. Period, and they do it you know and, and like i was like that's that's so intuitive um and this game kind of has that a little bit i like how they give you the suggestions hey jester you'll use a health potion here fucking yes you're dying yeah you know so um now granted if you set it to all out if you set the like the party to all out they will just use up all your fucking health potions when they don't need to so i don't even use that anymore not even for boss fights Hmm. It's somebody, I just keep, you know, it's weird because I get into boss fights and I'm not even really looking at the screen. I'm looking at the people's health and ability points the entire time. (laughs) And I'm managing that. I'm, I'm dead serious. The next boss fight that you're coming up on, that fight's kind of difficult. Um, but I found it engaging because I swear I I spent like half the time with the game paused, you know, just reconfiguring stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, that that was actually a, an an enjoyable boss fight to me. Um got to be careful with it, but the boss fights in this game I think are the highlight. Cuz it's more than just button mashing.
0: Yeah, I really like the boss fights and I really like and I don't even know how to describe it, but just the systems that surround the game. Yeah. Like like all all the things that it does, you know, it not just the meat and potatoes of of the game. It's not just the battles and just say the exploration. It's not, it's not the core components of the game. It, it It's the little things that the game does to sort of, I don't know, flavor those meat and potatoes. Right. That I, that I'm liking quite a bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've, I've kind of gotten to my groove a little bit. Um, it, it's still jarring to me because I will sit down and play this game for an hour and still feel like I've put three hours into it. And I'm just like, oh man. Sometimes I'm just like, oh man, I'm I need to go back to this, but I don't really feel like it right now. <laughs> um but yeah, so far I'm still kinda enjoying it. It's 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 such a weird game to describe. And I don't think we played anything like it on Phoenix Down. It's it's definitely unique. Yeah. That that's for sure. Yeah.
0: In many aspects yeah
1: but um yeah i think uh that's that's a pretty decent little episode i mean it's not uh it's not overly long or anything like that we We basically covered you know three cha- almost three chapters um chapter eight's a long one um but i been i've been talking to a person who was following along with us who has already beat the game, he told me he beat the game with most of his characters in the upper fifties levels. And I'm, okay. just, I'm just like, hmm, maybe this game speeds up a lot after Chapter 8.
0: Yeah, it's hard to gauge also because the leveling up slows down quite a bit. Yeah. Like, the the amount of XP and the number of battles I need to level up now is just so much more than it was before. Right. I mean, I just needed to hit that one more level so I could use this sword, and it took about a full hour of grinding,
1: essentially. Right. yeah. But yeah, that's it for us. Um the we'll theory, if you would like to send us an email, please do. It's uh, Drew at ZTGD.com. I'll read it out on the show. Tell us what you think about Rogue Galaxy. And um, I think we'll just go ahead and say we're going to save Danganronpa 2 for probably... I'll be honest with you. I'm probably going to save it for December because I want you to do NaNoWriMo. And I want to enjoy Danganronpa 2. Mm-hmm. So, um, what we'll probably do is, is finish up this game this month and then go into Eternal Darkness for Halloween in October.
0: Ah, uh, sounds pretty good.
1: Yeah. I think that, I think no. that'd be the best bet. But, um, you can also tweet to us. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS and the podcast itself is, of course, at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, yeah. I think that's about it. I feel like I made some pretty good progression in this game. Like, it's actually starting to build to something. We've met our villains, you know, we we, we have a goal. Yeah, we want to get to Eden. Yeah, we want to get to Eden. We want to make sure the bad guys don't get to Eden. And there's a few things spliced in there.
0: Yep, and I've got my own goals, which is to get some more awesome swords. So well, this one is amazing.
1: Yeah, i got to get that sword now that you mentioned how badass it really is. Is that one of the legendary swords? Cause I saw that there's a trophy for acquiring all the seven legendary swords. I think it is. Okay.
0: Cause it says something about only like uh, only the chosen can wield it or something.
1: Right. Okay. Well, I'll keep that in mind, but that's it for us. I appreciate everybody listening and uh, we'll be back uh, probably next week. You, you think you'll be able to record next week? Yep okay and uh, yeah we'll uh, continue our playthrough of uh, Rogue Galaxy but until then I'm Drew and I'm Matt and we're out of here have a great week everybody and we'll be back with more Rogue Galaxy